Hey, everybody. Welcome to Behind the Bar. I'm your host, Danny Johnson, where I interview your favorite dry bar comedians. Today with me, uh, the very funny Jeff Neese uh, joins me, and his dry bar special is I Can't Talk to You Right Now, which I could relate to very much. First of all, I didn't know before I watched your special, I was like, what, what could that possibly be? And then you did the joke about having the older kid and they, you know, you, they, I can't talk to you right now. Yeah, they 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 always talk with uh, my 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 oldest kid. He texts. It's a weird thing. Yeah. But when I text him, he texts me. Oh, he has his phone. I I call him back. Yeah, it says I can't talk to you right now. Yeah, yeah. I got some. Mine is um. I have one son. He's he's he'll be seventeen soon, and we'll be texting back and forth. And I'm like, it's too long. Let me call him. I I call him. It goes to voicemail, and he texts me back. What do you want? Yeah. Like, yeah. Same thing. Plus, there's always something gets lost in translation. Yeah. You know? yeah. And and I'm always, you know, I got a new phone, too. And for some reason, my phone, when I, when I text, I have more typos than anything. And then he'll reply with oh, some sort of anagram or whatever. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, I don't know what you mean by all these things. Yeah. I don't know what KL7Q means. Or something. I'm, right. You know, I'm supposed to know what this means. I don't know. Just pick up the phone. Right. I, I think the only time my son calls me is when I tell him not to. Like if I'm a, if I'm recording one of these episodes or I'll text him and go, hey, I'll be on stage from, you know, eight to nine tonight. So don't call me. And then like, you know, 848, a missed call from him. I'm like, bro, I told I told you. Like, you know, I was doing a, a club in Detroit, uh, outside Detroit, and I forgot I have an Apple watch like everybody does. And I forgot to turn off the bluetooth on the phone uh, i'm on stage somebody rings me and my you know goes off and i'm like hey, yeah I'm, I'm i'm literally on stage and you know yeah. hey everybody say hi you know <laughs> so you and i both uh, i you know checked out your site very well done your website uh you and i have a pretty long history in this game we do and um yeah i've been around a while yeah, yeah me too, me too, me too. So why don't you tell folks, you know, how you got started in comedy, maybe? Um, you know, it's, you... Uh, I'll, I'll try to give the uh, the Reader's Digest for it. Does anybody know Reader's Digest? I don't I think so. Realize. I've just I just dated myself. I don't <laughs> even read Reader's Digest. I got used to my parents going, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version of it. <laughs> I was just like, you know, we'll give you the Google, I don't know, whatever. Uh, I grew up near Detroit. I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. And I was in college and I studied, uh, I was studying medicine, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, thought I might be a doctor. Then after about the first week, and I know, you know, I'm a horrible at math. I will <laughs> move into EMT. I'll become a, you know, work, you know, is an emergency medicine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after a while, as, uh, and then I started doing theater is part of, a, because I was moving into film. I was going to study film, but where I went didn't have a film screw him right they had a minor you can get a minor in it i figure i'll take that degree and then hopefully that'll help me get into a proper film school was the yeah. idea and uh while i was in there i started doing theater and the acting bug hit me and the improv and all that and i go i just remembered growing up on uh george carlin albums and just going i can't believe anybody can do that yeah as a living you or know? living right and it was not like listening to comedy on the radio, uh, on TV when I was a kid, because yeah. they would have small audiences and there'd be a night, you know, maybe a nightclub. Talking. This was a rock star. This was, yeah. 
thousands of people screaming and laughing. I'm going, I couldn't believe it. And then when I started doing the acting, I you know, maybe I can try this comedy thing. Went to my local comedy club. I was in Detroit. Uh, well, I in Detroit, but in Toledo was my first oh, stage. Gotcha, gotcha. And gotcha. then went to the clubs of Detroit. Well, I still go back now and then. And uh, uh, I was too scared to go on stage by myself. Yeah. So I went on. I, I convinced my, I had a fraternity brother, convinced him to do it with me. I wrote us a two person act. Uh, we did that for about eight months. We were horrible. Right. And then he met a girl through it. So he was done. His mission was accomplished. <laughs> he took the girl over the jokes. And suddenly I was, you know, I was a solo act. And uh, the club owner said, you know, if you want to show, you know, if you want to do this, you got to do it. And, um, you know, one day one guy gave me 20 bucks. Right. Well, I'll just keep doing it until they stop paying me. And it's been, you know. 30 years later, I guess if you only work for 20 bucks, you can work for 30 years. That's yeah. I think my first ever paying gig was MC for one night at my local comedy club here in town. And it was 15 bucks. Yeah. It was 15 bucks a night, Tuesday through Saturday, 15 bucks a show maybe. And, uh, and it's so funny. my first time on stage was I was, I grew up in Long Island, New York. I'm in Florida now. And was I was 18 and I was afraid to go up alone and I got a friend and we wrote some jokes as a two-man team and we stunk. Now, how fast did you do it when you rehearsed it? And then how fast did you do it when you first went on stage? If I remember correctly, we sped, I mean, we sped through it. You know, we were yeah, so nervous. Yeah. Everybody's got about, oh, I got about 10, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And then you do it in about three. Yeah, it, it was a little bit, it was a little bit long enough because there was, I remember... The numbers. It was sixty-three people there. We brought fifty-three of them. <laughs> so, so it was. It was because it was like our church youth group, you know, like right, right. And so we, we, you know, we did well, and we actually took some. We we didn't know back then. We we took some jokes we heard on TV. Like, oh, that's a good joke. We should tell that one. Yeah. And we did a joke that some other comic had done on TV, and then other regulars there were pulled us aside. We're like, hey, you can't. You know, that's right. so-and-so's joke. I'm like, I know there's it's no great. One, there's no school. Right, right. Really. I mean, now there's classes and stuff, but really there's no way. No one tells you these things. Yeah. Until, you know, you learn by doing it wrong and someone tells you, well, you don't do it that way. That's... Did you have like a funny family member growing up that you can think of that maybe influenced your like... A family member? You know, my dad was, uh, he spoke... Uh, he was a salesman, started out as a salesman, and then he did some seminars and stuff. So he always it was a guy in front of people talking. Yeah. And he had a very, he had a very dry sense of humor. In fact, I'll never forget. This is probably why they got a, my wife, my wife, my mom and my dad divorced. Uh, <laughs> this is the type of humor he has. And it might not be funny to you and your listeners, but to me, it was the funniest thing. To this day, it's still one of the funniest things I've heard. My grandma passed away and my mom went home to visit her before she passed and then stay for the, the service and the funeral. And she was she came. My grandma lived in a very, very teeny tiny town in Oklahoma. Literally. Three stoplights, you know. Right. So she went down and after the service, she flew home and my dad and I picked her up at the airport. And we're driving home. This is before internet and all that stuff, you know, where you could FaceTime. He said, well, how how was, how'd it go? 
And he said, well, it was very moving. The entire town came to the service because they all knew my grandma and it was, it was very moving. And, and he said, oh, so that's great. And then he said, she said, you know, at the end, because she was in a hospital, she got, she was so confused uh, that when she had to drink through a straw, she would blow instead of suck to where my dad, like that, says, well, why didn't you turn the straw the other way? Right. Now, I'm in the back seat flipping around like a trout. This is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Of course, yeah. not funny to my mom at all. Of course. But my dad had this very dry, sarcastic yeah. sense of humor. And I don't think I'm as sarcastic as he got, but it's it's stuck. Yeah, yeah. I remember the first joke ever told to me was by my grandfather. We were driving in his, I think it was his white four-door Cutlass Supreme. And... uh we were passing a cemetery and yeah. he, he kind of like, you know, puts his arm on the back seat and looks, he's looking at me telling me this joke for far too long for somebody who's driving. You know what I mean? He's like, you know, he, you know why they got a fence around that cemetery? I, go, yeah. I have no idea. I think I was like seven years old. And he goes, cause people are dying to get in there. Right. And he just laughed and laughed and I laughed and he just like, the smell of whiskey throughout the car was wonderful. <laughs> it's funny. I was just thinking, I can remember the first joke, because we had joke books when I was a little kid. You yeah. know, you had when you had library day and elementary and oh, I remember yeah. joke, but even all the way back then, it was I guess it was in there somewhere. Yeah. But I wanted to do it. But you never thought that was a real thing you could do. You know? Right. Did you have those days in school where you got money or you can like pre-order, like go to the cafeteria and these tables set up with all the books? Get with the scholastic days, yeah, like yeah, that. uh, we, yeah, we did. We had bo like book fair, yeah, book yeah, yeah, yeah. I get joke books there now. Now, my kids have book fair and they come home with posters and yeah. apps and stuff. I was like, no, where's your books? A book fair, right? And I got this poster, it's not a book, you know. But I remember getting joke books and and everything was so you want to be fill in the blank right the, all those so you want to be a comedian so you want to be a magician right so you want to be a doctor whatever it was and um, I, I um once you started doing it detroit toledo yeah probably the same thing happens you kind of start hosting and then the feature act may headline somewhere else and go hey do you want to feature for me right and then you start featuring elsewhere and then you kind of yeah. go up and up and up and up I was really lucky because when I started out, the club owner that I that who's a friend to this day gave me a lot of. He was like a football coach. He huh. was a really rough. He was like a football coach. Yeah, yeah. But he gave me a lot of information, and he forced me to do a lot of things that I, I don't think people are learning today. Starting out. Huh, a lot of what? good habits that I didn't realize I was getting good habits. Right. He said to me, now I'm going to tell you, this is how it's going to go. You're going to be an over, you're going to be an MC. And after a while, you're going to be killing and you're going to go, you know what? I should be opening. But you're not going to be ready. Right. And, and then eventually you'd be ready. And after a while, you're going to go, you know what? I'm better than that middle. I should be middling right now. Right. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to suck. You're not going to be ready to middle. And on and on and on and it goes. Yeah. And he was absolutely right. I can't For tell sure. you how many guys are going, oh, I should be headlining. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I, I should be like, nope. You know? Yeah. I was very lucky. I kind of, you know, knew my place. I did get a little cocky like, you know, you do when you're yep. young. You kind of go, oh, yeah, I should. Of course you're killing. You're doing 10 yeah. minutes. I, yeah, I, um, 
You're exactly right. So if you think if the, if the middle act does 30 and you think you're ready because you have 30, you're not, you have 10 out of that. Yeah, 30. There's, a, there's a big difference between having the time and having the show, the show. Yeah. You know, and just, and not even that, just little things. Wait, what, what do you do when the checks come out? Right. No one tells you that. Cause suddenly the show stops. It's the worst. It just stops. Yeah. You know, and you're like, I don't know what happened. I was killing it. Then yeah, I, everybody gets a I, math I problem. Start all over again and bring them back. And because typically you're you you're probably five to ten minutes away from your closer. Yeah. And you have them like right here on the roller coaster, and then they're like, "Here's a big math problem. Everybody figure that out amongst yourselves." Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, and also, you know, I think I was really lucky where I started out because uh, when I went to like New York and I start as I started moving out of you know the midwest and going out it was always easier for midwest acts to succeed like a new york or la than real new york or la acts to succeed oh, wow. in the midwest i found because there were so many especially especially guys from the city from new york that didn't leave the city because they assumed that everybody outside the city knew every reference they were talking about yeah good point and you're like in detroit and you're talking hey remember like when the Empire State Building did this thing, right. remember when the the, the 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 guys went on strike and said, well, no. Yeah, remember what happened to the bodega between 6th and 12th yeah, Street? Yeah, yeah. You know, they started doing subway material and people were like, I I, I drive a pickup. You know? right. That's hilarious. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. And yet yeah. some of these guys, you know, they go on to, I guess they find that out eventually themselves, you know? They, yeah, yeah, they do. It's it's trial and error with everybody i don't care yeah. where you're from you you just learn by failing you are you in ohio are you in toledo now is that where you live oh no oh no i moved out of there in the 90s you know i lived in la for a while uh lived in las vegas for 14 years i read that yeah how'd and, you like the uh, vegas lived in nashville for five years and then my my uh my wife and i started having kids she has a giant family here so we came to Oklahoma is where I am. Wow, good for you. What's the they have an airport? <laughs> Oklahoma. What's the uh that's not home one of the loony bins, is it? Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. the one you're talking about? Oklahoma City, there's one in Tulsa. I think there's one in Wichita and one in uh Arkansas. Is that the club you're talking about? Uh that you still friendly with the guy? Well, the guy died that booked it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. But honestly, I do mostly right now, mostly my bread and butter are, are ships and and corporate. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wish I could dance around and say it any other way, but clubs just don't pay. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I wish and, and it's tough because I see a lot of acts out there. I, I, I remember doing a club and they said, where, where do you want to set up your stuff? I said, what, what do you mean? Well, you know, the stuff you sell after the show that I'm up selling anything right you know oh i thought well everybody sells something and that was a new thing i'm going so i see a lot of acts that i was working with when i do the clubs because i want to keep my foot in there i love those audiences yeah. and it's a different it's a very different type of show yeah you know uh but a lot of guys are forcing a gimmick or a phrase or something they can put on a t-shirt yeah 
something afterwards. To so make, you know, gas money or something, lunch money it, for the next day. Yeah, period. I can't blame them. I mean, I remember when I did the road, like in the late 80s and early 90s, I was living on 20 bucks a week for food. I'd go to, you know, I could make a Subway sandwich last two or three days, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you would kind of count on the club, hopefully giving you a free meal. Yeah. And if they didn't, I'd live on bar garnishes. So yeah, it was yeah. always olives, oranges, peanuts, yeah, uh, lemon wedges, orange wedges, you know, it's probably, <laughs> probably healthier than I'm eating now. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. But uh, I was trying to explain to somebody not in the business about the disparity in pay uh, when you're a draw versus not a draw. Right. So yeah, yeah. that's when you, when you can command the door, then you make the big money. You know, it used to um, be, and now it used to be uh, TV spots and things like that. Now it's how many Instagram followers do you have? Yeah, that's one of the first questions I get on from managers and manage, you know, management companies. Is it's the first question, you know? And I'm like, I'm not a big. Do they fan. check? Do you, do they check? Do you think? Do you ever go uh, twelve million? Yeah, 12 yeah million. I know, right? Um, I don't know, but I'm I'm not a fan of social media, and I'm I've been working hard to get better at it because I understand that's the game now. But it's so exhausting because I'm not that interesting, you know. <laughs> there are days I have to post something. Yeah, I, look at my feet. I'm gonna clip my toenails today. Right, right. Like, yeah, and, I, and also I struggle you know, with what, it during the. Election season and stuff, it just got ugly. I started pulling away from it because, yeah, it's it could be very draining. You didn't agree with somebody's politics on any level. It was, oh, you're evil. Yeah, yeah. I try to like, um, I try to post and then and then exit because if I start yeah. scrolling, I'm going to get mad and upset. And it's it's like it's McDonald's for the brain. You know what I'm oh, saying? It's, it's so uh, easy. Yeah. It's so easy. I remember just canceling like just i'm getting off just deleting the apps yeah because, you know i didn't realize i just spent a good part of my day scrolling arguing with someone i don't know <laughs> sometimes i do it for fun like i'll, I'll even if i take a point of view that i don't agree with just to get oh it's under so, someone's skin it's so easy to it is just send somebody over the edge yeah. oh so easy yeah. you know you get the key is if you do in one post, if you can, if you can offend like every spectrum. Yeah. With yeah. one, you know, oh, it's, it's, you know, it was scary when Biden fell because we almost had a female, right, uh, right, president. You know, you could just, <laughs> in one post, you could just find a way to upset everybody. That would, you know, it's too easy to poke the bear and just, you know, when right. people take things so seriously. It's right. Like, so you get the opportunity to do a dry bar special, right? You know, yeah, for... that was really, I gotta tell you, that was really interesting because I did it right, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, okay. Pretty much. I mean, it was, it, we filmed it two years ago. Yeah. And it was, um, it was, it was weird. Be, it was weird and wonderful because one, when you go there, they, they, they treat you so nice. They really treat you well. They're very kind. They're very complimentary. And that's fun. You fly in and you do the show and it's a blast. But it was so weird because what you couldn't see in the special, uh, they they had to socially distance the audience. So we had maybe half an audience. Okay. But they would strategically put them around. So if you shot low, it just looked like a line of heads 
gotcha. people. But the laughter, I don't care what they do. It doesn't sound like there's a lot of people there. Right, right. Because there wasn't a lot of people there. And uh, it was... So it's a different vibe being on stage and you're like looking at, it looks like Swiss cheese. There's a table that a big hole in the table. Right. Cause you want that continuity. You want that togetherness of a pack of people. Creating well, also, sound. You know, as a comedian, it's, yeah. it, it's just a different show with a packed house. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just a different show. I don't care, you know, what spot you're doing. It's a different show. And, uh, but we did it. It was a blast. And then, uh, um, what was really funny is I did, I actually did some stuff that I never did before, but the first time I did it was on that special. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a risk. It was stupid, right. but it was, it was just stupid, but it was funny because no club was open during that time to try things out. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I was in my office and I would rehearse it out loud for about 30 minutes a day. And I realized this is how I started. This is exactly yeah. how I did it when I did it in 87 by myself for the yep. first time. It was it was really weird and kind of just bittersweet and, and fun and weird to just kind of, this is, I'm doing stand-up the way I was taught to do it from day one. Yeah, and you I, had it in the very, very on. beginning. You're rehearsing your every single word. Don't forget it. Don't forget this. And over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the bits I do in there, I do totally different now because, you know, after you do it for a while, yeah, they evolve. Of, you cut the fat out, you know, it's always a little fat when you, when you first do it, there's always yeah words and ideas. And, but uh, yeah, it was a blast. I, I really, I really had a good time. And the other acts I worked with were, were fun. Cause we, there was two other, two other acts that shot their special. Oh, good, ones. good. Yeah. And you yeah. can kind of tell whenever I watch a special before one of these podcasts, I could tell how, you know, whether it was a pre-pandemic, post-pandemic or, you know, because the claps, it's a two-story, if it's filming in the same place, it's a two-story facility, right? Um, yeah, we had nobody upstairs. Yeah, and it, so it was a we high We had about people four, maybe half of the people on the bottom. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah. And you can kind of tell when the people clap, the sound goes up, you know, it, it travels more and you can kind of tell them like, Oh, I bet you this was filmed during the pandemic or close to it. It's funny when I do the cruise ships, I do a lot of the cruise ships and um, sometimes they ask us to do the, the very first night, like a spot in what they call the welcome aboard show. You do oh, yeah. okay. or something in the first night, just sort of a, this is sort of what you might see during the week. And sometimes they'll film it and put it on the TV in the cabins. Okay. The people they watch this show on a loop and i always beg them please don't don't do it because they always take the audio from the mic but there's no audience audio right so it's always like la you know joke silence joke right so there's two thousand people in the audience joke yeah. silence you know how do you like the shit well we'll we'll come back to your your driver special how do you like the ships i i, I love them i mean it's, it's been my bread and butter since the 90s uh, you know, I did one or two. I had a manager at the time. He called me up and said, hey, you want to do a ship? I'm like, okay. Yeah. Never did a ship before. First ship I ever did, it held about 600 people. It was the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. Right. I just came off a ship that holds six and a half thousand people. Wow. You and know? do you work for the same, you don't have to say the name, but do you work for different cruise lines? I've got one? about seven different lines that I keep, that I keep my toe Great. in. So 
you know, if everybody gives me three, four weeks a year, I'm, I'm not, I don't annoy them by overstaying my welcome and I'm yeah. still new to their audiences. And Right. And that fills your calendar. Yeah. If you have that many doing a month at a time, you know, or whatever, well, you know, I do about weeks. a week or two weeks at a time. And, and then also you, you get to know the people out there, your fellow acts and you become friends with them. My best friend I've knew since the first ship I ever did. Yeah. No. yeah. That's fantastic. And it's funny. I think it's funny you're in Oklahoma, but you do the open seas. <laughs> the uh, the ships. Well, I mean, they just they fly anywhere. Fly me to wherever I'm. You know. Yeah. No, it's perfect. perfect. It's well, that's kind of how it is. I, you know, people are doing shows on on Zoom now. You know, yeah, that's the worst. I I refuse it. Did you do any Zoom? I had to. Yeah. I, well, I didn't have to, but I chose to do it. And at, I just couldn't. I finally I got it to be. And I said I couldn't do it. Yeah, I finally got it to be sort of comfortable for me what I did was I just had everyone on the call mute themselves except for 10 people, the 10 coordinators or leaders so that I had timing. So I knew if I could make them laugh, you know, I can get right, my timing right. pacing down. Cause, cause I can't, you can't open the call to 700 people. It wouldn't, you know, they can hear me, but I don't want to hear. I just couldn't people. figure out, you know, it's funny. Magicians, magicians were doing shows. And they were killing, I know guys are killing it, but I'm like, is there any other, is there, you don't even have to be a good magician. You know, hey, I, where to go? I don't know, you know, this is all they see. You know, I can do that. But they were, some of these, it's it's amazing what people were doing during the pandemic just to, just to survive, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, we were the first, you know what? Entertainment, we were the first to close and the last to open. Right. I mean, we all have kids to feed and all that, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. It's so bizarre to think back to that time. And I was trying to explain to my son how unique it was in history. It feels like it ended last week, but your kids are like, oh, that was like, you, you know, and kids. What happened? Yeah. When was this? Remember you wore a mask for school for two years? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. It became normal. <laughs> so let me tell you my favorite joke of yours from your special i like the whole thing first of all i think the set design and the coloring was fantastic visually really nice wasn't it it's like a I, I had nothing to do with that by the way right i right. showed up and they go there's your set like, okay. i thought you were going to make a joke about all the speakers behind you it was like a hundred speakers on the... you know and so i was so in my head wanting to yeah. you know remember the stuff i was yeah. doing i almost did I, you know it's funny there's a lot of stuff they cut out yeah uh from the special for to make what, it the right time right the the time I, I suppose you know and maybe one was you know i tend to be a little bit politically incorrect and there there's a whole bit on that about a seven minute bit that just is not in there right <laughs> and probably not appropriate for it but right they can go to my website and see it you know yeah i think the guy that i filmed with still hasn't had his published i don't think he i don't know for what reason but i mean i filmed mine in 19 2019 so and it's out right no mine's out but his isn't the guy that i filmed with 2019 yeah so i don't know if it was something similar like i don't remember his because yeah, mine took they said it would be nine months yeah to a year and mine was two years yeah um and you don't want to bug them right i think i lucked out like First of all, bugging people is like 
I, I have the hardest time with that. Sometimes the squeak, the what is it? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. There's a fine line. I, I'm I front of There's a fine line between the squeaky wheel and the pain in the butt. Yeah, I filmed mine in January of 19. It was released in April, right? A month. So Jan, and then yeah, it was released in April, I think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm not here to talk about mine. Here's my favorite joke of yours, and I wish I had it. Um, you talk about skydiving and. You're not really skydiving. You have somebody on your back. You you right. can't say that you're skydiving or a skydiver. Yeah, you're just strapped to someone. Yeah, else, and you then give a couple of examples. So you can't be, you know, a doctor and be like, "Here's your illness," and they go, "Well, you want a second opinion?" And turn around to somebody strapped to your back. That was the first time I did that bit on that wow. special. That was the very first time I did that bit. And I do it differently now. I think I do it better now. It's a little, you know, but that's yeah. funny that you mentioned that. Well, that's, that's good. You know, that's just the concept. I was a man. I wish I thought of that because you really, you can't be a, yeah, that's the thing is you can't, you know, you can't strap yourself to another person and you're now that. Right. You're not a skydiver. You know, he was now. wearing you, right. you know, he's wearing you. You're not a sky. He's the skydiver. Right. You're weird. along for the ride. He's wearing you. You're not. Right. A, you know. You can't be a tandem lawyer. Right. Objection. On what grounds? Tell him, Steve. Tell him. You know. You can't do that. Here's a. This is a joke I wrote, but I never did on stage. You're more than welcome to have it. Um. It's. It's. Uh. You start your show with I think up up front somewhere where don't you hate it when people say you look tired, even though yes. you yeah. just. So what I wrote initially was, and I've never done this, I'm, I'm not going to do it, but uh, if someone's, you, you know, someone says, you look tired, and I'm like, I just took like a 10-hour nap. Yeah. How do you respond to that? You you know, you look stupid. You know what? I can take a nap. You can't fix dumb. Yeah, yeah. That's good. You know, like... But hey, it's I, true. Have a cup I, get, of I get that a lot. I get that. You I can have a cup of coffee. You can drink all the coffee in the world. You're still going to be an idiot. Yeah, you're still stupid. Now move out of my way. I got to go take a nap. Now, now you're just now you're just an idiot that bounces off the walls. <laughs> and you mentioned you have three sons, right? Yeah. And yeah. you had it. I think in the special you mentioned you had when you had your at what age you had your third son. Fifty. Yeah. yeah. I'm old dad. I'm an old dad. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised to hear that. That's always. Uh... Well, well you, did you see Al Pacino? I thought it was, De I was going to say De Niro. Maybe it is Pacino. De Niro and Al Pacino, both. They're, they're, they're making their own grandkids. Can you imagine? <laughs> you're just skipping. Like, here, we just had my first grandchild. Don't jump on daddy. You're going to break my hip. Right. <laughs> go get you. Go get go get daddy a new set of tennis balls. I gotta... De Niro's kids' first words are going to be, I hate Trump. You know, it's going to be something like that. It's going to be. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'll be 50 this year, and I couldn't imagine having a kid, man. God bless you. Well, I think, you know, the one thing is when you get older, you realize how much upper body strength you need to have a kid. You don't even think about that. But it's just like, daddy, he's always like, throw me, daddy. Oh, oh. Daddy's, daddy's taking a nap. So. Right. <laughs> Oh, daddy's got the back issue again. Just well, you know, uh, God, God, what do they say? God's timing is perfect. Right. You know? So he, it just happened. You know, I hate when people go, you know, just we're waiting. We're just going to wait till we're ready. You're never going to be ready. ready. No. Nobody ever goes, okay, well, let's go. No, you're never ready. Right, right, right. 
oh, you're never really ready. You might be more prepared. You might have an extra bu few bucks in the bank, you know, whatever. Right. You might be, you know, you're never ready. And I think having a kid, like, for me, one of the best days of having my a child was when they could finally tell you what they want, speak verbally. Right. You know, they get out of that stage of just crying. You don't know what the heck they want. When they finally go, hungry. I'm like, ah, I can do that. I know what yeah. to do. I know. What to do. <laughs> and you're like, son, you're 27. You can make your own sandwich. Hungry. Hungry. <laughs> hungry, Papa. Jeez, <laughs> when are you moving out? The weird thing is, I don't feel old, but I'm doing old things now. Like, like I'm watching Wheel of Fortune. Right. I'm like, what the? the hell happened that you know i'm flipping around and i go oh oh no okay there's two things about wheel of fortune one one how much i love the show right which is amazing to me and secondly how horrible a speller i really am right you watch this stuff and i go oh i got it okay it's it's uh any and outer belly button They're like no it's empire state building you're right. even adding words you stupid you know <laughs> i watch senior sports yeah because that that's the nice thing, though. There's old people's sports now. There's uh, you got senior golf, senior tennis. Yeah, there's no senior rodeo. That's what oh, I want to no. see. Don't you want to see like a 90 year old on a, you know, going out in a blaze of glory? I think only if the, the animals were as old as the person riding them. <laughs> <laughs> and riding glue bucket. Right. You know, it's just McMahon. trotting along with this 90 year old on. <laughs> that'd be fun my son did an impression of me that made me feel old he just pretended he had a coffee mug in his hand staring out the back sliding glass doors at the yard just <laughs> okay. I go, what are you doing he goes this is what you do all the time just admiring your yard work i was like do i do that he's like yeah you do it well yes it's funny because you say to yourself i'm not gonna be like my dad and you end up exactly yeah like your dad yeah. exactly absolutely you know? but it's a good thing though yeah Keeps around. yeah i'll, Keeps I'll start telling the uh you know maybe i'll start telling the corny jokes and i'm trying to embarrass him but uh as i get older i don't know he calls Look me old man johnson you're gonna be exactly like that's you're yeah. that's you're gonna be exactly like your dad you're going to be exactly like your dad. Don't even fight it. Don't even fight it. As a matter of fact, I'm looking forward to telling my grandchildren the first joke that I ever told when I drive past the cemetery with them. <laughs> the same one you my know, grandfather told me. I remember the first joke I ever read as a kid out of one of those joke books. And it that made me like laugh yeah. just reading it. And it, it was the Lone Ranger and Tonto are surrounded by, you know, the entire you know, Sioux tribe. Yeah. And Lone Ranger looks to Tonto and says, it looks like we're in quite a pickle. And Tonto says, what do you mean we, pale face? <laughs> For some reason, that was the funniest joke I've ever read. Right, right. It just made me, and, and here I am 30 years later, trying to make a better joke than that. Yeah. My grandfather used to, whenever we used we, he would always say, you got, what, you got a mouse in your pocket? No. <laughs> so stupid. And, All right, look, so it, your site is jeffneescomedy.com. Your social media is Jeff, also... Just jeffneese.com. Jeffneese.com. Uh, there's tons of videos. There's tons of stuff on there that is uh, uh, family clean. 
and uh, stuff that is adult. Yeah. I saw that you it's a very well put together site. I don't know if you did it or not. It was a fantastic job. It's got oh, a thanks. corporate section, a family friendly section, an adult section, a joke section. Well, I try to put stuff on there that you know if you're if you're easily offended by yeah. themes or language or whatever, that you have a chance to click off of it. Yeah. And it gives you a warning first. Uh, and the family stuff is family because, you know, I work on cruise ships and they want us to do a family show, but they also ask us often to do uh, an adult show. Yeah. What they what they want. What and, if you don't do that? Do you have to just throw in some curse words or something? You could. I tell you what, you. it's so much easier to spice up a clean act than it is to clean up a dirty act. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of guys that try to do that and that happens in the corporate event as well too i'm amazed at people that don't that just don't get it they yeah. the one tip I, I i what that was always know where you are that was the one tip i was always told you yeah. know know who you are know where you are know the audience you know because no one no one bought a ticket to see me on a cruise ship right right you know and also a lot of times corporate events they don't even know who you are half yeah. the time, you know, unless you don't know comedy's happening. It's just another guy yeah. up there with a microphone. I remember working in Vegas. We used to do these shows in Vegas uh, where they would bring in, you would be the free show for this busload of people, right? <laughs> they come in, come into the hotel, gamble a while. We'll give you a free buffet and a show and then go back and gamble. We'll put you in the bus and send you home. Yeah. And there's a couple of hotels that would do that. And we, you know, if you're working the club, do you want to do this show? We do it. They don't even know a show's going on. Yeah. Just, they just lost five hundred dollars and eight. I remember state. doing a club called Wise Guys in Syracuse, and they said, "Do you want to do a high school?" Me and the other act. No. It was a, it was a family thing, and it was up the road, and it was on an off night. And we'll throw you a few, you know, a couple of hundred bucks, you know, right. do this family show. I said, "Yeah, sure." You know, we're here. Well, the other act, uh, he, he didn't get, he didn't understand what family meant. Right. And it was hilarious because we're in the back and the principal of the high school kept coming back to the green room. Like, okay, you gotta, you gotta be clean. There's kids out there and parents. And, you gotta right. be clean. and we're like, yeah, okay. You know, you gotta, he kept coming back three or four times. And we're like, yeah, we, we got it. Of course, the, the guy didn't get it. He went up there and started doing his nightclub act. Freaked everybody out. Right. And we had to do another show, two seatings. The principal comes back and starts screaming. And if you've been screamed by a principal, it's like you were back in school yeah, yeah. Screamed by the principal. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God. The best thing though is we're all trying to rewrite this other guy's act in between shows. <laughs> we're rewriting this guy and we're all down there with our pet notes. Change that and say this. And the principal came back and said, I'll make sure you guys never work high schools again. Oh, God. And right then, we just started laughing. Going, <laughs> okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> We're never going to work high schools again anyway, sir. <laughs> but you work all over. You do all sorts of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. I could go. I could do a, probably a whole episode on different venues. We both probably could on, on different kinds of. Oh, I remember doing these one-nighters. When you start out, Yeah, you do one night. They had You'd, you'd be doing comedy night. Oh, yeah. And I remember this one, I won't mention the name of the booker because he's kind of famous for not having great gigs in the Midwest. And uh, he says, you're working the Rendezvous Lounge. And you do, it's called the Rendezvous Lounge. 
and they gave me the address and I get there and it's not called the rendezvous lounge. It was a biker bar in the basement of this other bar as a pool hall. And it was called the rendezvous by the locals because right. that's where bikers would cheat on their wives. They would bring their girlfriends <laughs> and what they would do. So the guy was an Indian that ran this place. And remember those like fake bricks that you could staple onto a wall? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a square about this big with a hook <laughs> on it. And he would hang it on the on a corner of the bar. And he had a yellow bug light above it. And he screwed it in. And hey, it's comedy club. Right. And he said, now you got to go up there and tell all the bikers to stop playing pool and go do an hour. That's what they want. By yourself. Right. Start the show. Do You don't get a nickel. You right. gotta. You have to do the whole hour yeah. and tell them, hey, tell these bikers, just, hey, stop, shut up. Yeah. I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna talk for an hour while you guys were cheat, trying to cheat on your wife. Right. Yeah, that was the kind of venues. <laughs> so I don't complain about anything. Yeah, you know? yeah. I remember venues. doing a, doing venues in South Georgia where they would like at eight o'clock they would just shut off all the TVs and pool tables would shut down while people were watching TV and playing pool and, and they would just get on the mic. All right, everybody's comedy time, and they're all like, "Ah, man." Isn't that amazing? That happened to me outside Detroit in the 90s. The Detroit Pistons were playing. Um, this is outside Detroit. Detroit Pistons were playing in a playoff. Tied up. Ugh. Six minutes left. Guy turns off the TV. No way. Well, okay, it's comedy time. And I, what the, I walk yeah. up and I go, folks, I hope you don't mind. I, I want to see the end of the game. Can we can we watch the end of the game and then I'll come back and sling some joke? Do you mind? Yeah. And suddenly I they love me. And I went to the club guy. I go, you almost got me killed up there. What the hell are you doing up there? Cool. Well, look, can't talk to you right now is a great special. Highly recommend it. Dry Bar Comedy app. You'll see clips on social media and YouTube. Now, I know that some of the specials, if not all of them, have been pushed to Amazon Prime and Apple TV. So I wonder if yours is on you know, there I, too. I don't know if it's on there yet because it was just released in, uh, okay. in April. So I'll check. Okay. Uh, if you use the code Jeff Neese, my name. Together, no space. Uh, yeah. you get. I think you get a free month of Dry Bar Plus. Yep. And there's, there's great shows on there. There's lots of, you, you don't even have to see mine. You watch, there's lots of great people. You should watch it. Watch my favorite joke about the parachuter. And uh, I, I'm I, I'm going to look for clips in the future. If there's ever any online of you, how you do it now, I'd be very curious to see how it evolved. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'll find out. Uh, I'm going off uh, on a ship next week and I'll see if I can get a clip for you. Well, look, uh, hang out here for a few minutes uh, after we, we're done recording here. And uh, I appreciate you being on, man. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. Bear with me one moment here.